It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another installment of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, based upon the book of cover, of course, rather, in hardcover and paperback and audio book, and Steve's all over the country, and that doesn't change. Um, you got a TED Talk coming up here shortly, How don't you? How about that? Yeah, in a, in, a matter, in a matter of... I must uh, be somebody. In a matter of weeks or something, right? Uh, September 12th in Boca, and uh, the, uh, the topic is communication Look at overload. Look at that. And uh, I that. have some real pearls to lay on. Well, if anybody knows, yeah, I was going to say, if anybody knows about communication overload, it'd be you. You would know. Well, it's interesting because that that's, that's what the take is. Um, I think people will be shocked as to what my mm-hmm. conversation is, but it's going to be great. It's fantastic. Fun. I'm really excited. It is a level that uh, speakers... Yeah. Um, uh, look to get to aspire and, to I, I aspire to and I to got achieve. there. So, sure. Uh, Congratulations. Val- validation for the work I'm doing. Where is this? Uh, in Boca at the Innovation Center okay. at FAU. FAU. I love it. Uh, you love it. And that'd be a great time to introduce your guest, by the way. Who, by the way, is already my favorite guest because he came bearing gifts. Yeah, man, it's unbelievable. He came so, with gift cards to a place that I love to dine and even just have a cocktail and kind of... Oh, just, it's such just, a great place. It's just a vibe. Just vibing right. at that joint. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited to have Vaughn Dugan here. Yes. Vaughn and I know each other a pretty long time. Quite a while, yeah. But not like in touch all the time we see each other on social media mm-hmm. i remember back in the day i met you uh, pizza fusion that's right yeah and you know when you meet somebody and you admire them and he's sort of on his track mm-hmm. doing what he's doing he's since done some other things my favorite restaurant here in in boca is kapow uh-huh. so um Down I mean, in boca here, in west palm beach here in west palm beach right, yeah and so you know the greatest part about the podcast is i get to have other entrepreneurs who are doing great things and he is doing great things Bam. not just to make money he is making a difference, and I'm thrilled to have you here. Managing Great to be here. Director, Dugan Holdings Group, Vaughn Dugan. Yes, a pleasure indeed. Thanks for joining. Good to be here. Uh, the entrepreneurial spirit. That's really what this whole thing is about. Steve, you created your own job. I've created my own jobs. Well, I was unemployable. Let's get in there. Right now. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what's, this, what's this was? I don't like your tense. Yeah. You should say am. am I am unemployable. And shall remain unemployable. It sounds like a support group. I was going to yeah. say, it it's 12 steps. And it's yeah. <laughs> Restaurant business, people go, oh, yeah, I want to own a restaurant. I want to get in a restaurant. And we're going to be different. We're going to have good food. And it, I remember my brother-in-law always used to talk about, well, I'm going to have a, do a real sports bar. It's going to have good, a lot of TVs and good food. And I go, okay, good luck with that. Have fun. Okay, lots of TV. <laughs> and go, have fun with that. People don't realize the success rate, or rather the failure rate in the restaurant industry um, less than half survive a year and a half, right? It's, if not more, yeah. You, I mean, Is that right? Wow. It, it's it's people have no idea the the work, the struggle, and what it takes to be successful, including reinvention. It seems like you and your partners have figured that out. My partners are two of the greatest guys I know. That's why I got into business with them at Kapow. Um, Shout out. Yeah, look, Scott and Rodney. I mean, Rodney pretty much is the mayor of, of West Palm. Uh, Scott as well, but I think... He's the of, restaurateur. He is, right. and uh, you know, he came here 33 years ago with Respectable Street Cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, wow. na- he named it after the fact that he hoped one day uh, downtown West Palm Beach, specifically Clematis Street, would be a respectable street. Ah, about that. Really cool story. I love Rolls. telling it just because, I mean, like he is a visionary in my eyes, and he's a 
He's that guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Rodney. Wow. I don't know Rodney. Now you do. Now I know Rodney. <laughs> how long, how long have you Rodney. been in town? I've been here going on four years. This is uh, th- three plus. Rodney would be like the, as I said, the restaurateur. If yeah. he's involved in a restaurant, you wow. know, A, you got to check it out. B, it's got a re- real good chance to be successful. And C, it already comes pre-qualified. So he was not part of your previous no, restaurant? No, I've known stuff. both of those guys for a long time. Okay. I was a promoter and a DJ in my FAU years back in the early 90s and uh, did a few gigs for him up in West Palm Beach here and Scott as well when they opened up, uh, what was it called? Where Honey is now. Uh, Deluxe. Uh, yeah. Well, it's always something. Right? I lost I lost a few brain cells there. That's why I couldn't remember. We all <laughs> yeah. have. Yeah. I think I rang in 2017, yeah. as a matter of fact, yep. what is currently, honey. So how did you wind up uh, getting yourself into this restaurant business, which everyone thinks is exciting and sexy and has no idea. It's 25-hour workdays, and uh, sometimes you don't get to pay yourself for a few months in. Or years. Or yeah, years yeah. in. It's, yeah, uh, that too. It's, it's a long haul for sure. Um, I, I started out in the business when I was a little kid. Basically, my family's been in the business. My dad had a, a bar up until he passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, my uncle used to take me to the bars with him, and I'd slide quarters off the top of the bar to play uh, video games and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I grew up in and around the business. Uh, when I went to FAU here, obviously, I got into uh, I was a graphic designer, actually, by trade when I came out of FAU. Uh, started a small agency back then. We're doing nightclub flyers uh, all around the country, and that's sort of got what gave me my business start. So you've always had this entrepreneurial. I was cutting cutting lawns, like you know. I know it's a little uh, cliche. Is that your first project? But it's so ever? true. It's so right. It, it was. I, I mean, we've had guests that you know who said, "Hey, I invented a uh, version of Monopoly involving my hometown, right. where I sold advertising to the businesses yep. that were on Main Street, and so nobody bought the board game, but I generated revenue from the advertisers, if you will, sponsoring the game." Yep, absolutely. So the funny story too. My mom uh, sitting home one day, the neighbor comes over. And the neighbor says, hey, uh, is that your son that cuts grass out here? And she's like, what did he do now? And she's like, no, I think your kid's going to be fine. He's got five other kids working for him, uh, cutting grass. And I wow. think it was probably about 10 at the time. And I knew that uh, that was you ran I was crew. on my way. You ran a crew. You had a crew. I, you had to. How old were you at that point? Uh, 10. Wow. 11, whenever I could move nice. a mower. Without, what was your, I don't even know, Steve. What was your first entrepreneurial experience? Um, I was a typical lemonade guy. All right. I, I uh, set up a corner thing mm-hmm. that lemonade. Then I started adding Twinkies. Twinkies are the, you oh, know, the hot thing. Diversified. And it was like, wow, you can have Twinkies and lemonade. Mm-hmm. I was like the hot combo guy. You know? Candy bars. <laughs> candy bars during middle school. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, so, but and then we moved on to other things that were... <laughs> For another show. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> they, they, they involve herbs? Yeah. Herbs. Okay. That's not a guy's name. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So, so the uh, hospitality kind of uh, nightclub, hospitality, bar, restaurant thing, not only in your genetics, but sort of in your blood all along the way. Absolutely. So I came to FAU and uh, I actually went to Northeastern University. I uh, joined a fraternity there. Came down to FAU a, a year later because I was doing so phenomenal at North phenomenal at Northeastern. My parents said, "You know what? I think it's time to get your act together." Your grades are so good. Come share it here. Inspire other students in uh, South Florida. Zero zero. I was perfect. Yeah, it was absolutely flawless. <laughs> my no, GPA. There's no way you had a zero point zero. Oh, I did. That happened in Animal House. No, I did. Uh, uh, D day. I, I could get you into every nightclub in Boston at the time for that short time I was there. Which is a school uh, set. A so, major skill set. So I parlayed that to uh, my time at FAU. Uh, I you was really the, had a zero point zero. Maybe it was a one point. Okay, zero. I don't know. Right. I really don't remember. Okay. It was it was pretty bad. But you didn't spend a lot of time. I'm really it. proud of it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't move the needle. Yeah. It's okay. So I uh, came to Florida, which it's it's more. I don't want to say it's a joke. It's definitely not a joke, but it's more of a joke now that you come to Florida to get your act together. It's like the last place that oh some people God. want to come. 
That's um, the irony of it all. Yes. The irony of South Florida is that, as Billy, my friend Billy Corbin says, it's a sunny place for shady people. Yep. And as my buddy Steve Wheeler from back in upstate wow. New York would say, uh, your region of South Florida is where people go to make it when they couldn't make it somewhere else. Wow. Yep. And I go, damn. Which is why, that's right. Kinda, yeah. That's kind of harsh. That's an indictment, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. yeah. So I was the uh, founding president of my fraternity at FAU. Uh, the Greek life was really new at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were kegs in the volleyball courts and you know now it's a 3-8 to get into the school so it's, it's changed drastically it was way more like animal house now it's more like a prestigious university yeah so uh obviously i made a lot of connections being the the president of fraternity on campus got to meet a lot of people uh threw a party at a bar one time and the owner was like hey you want to get paid to do this mm-hmm. so i was like you mean like drink and get paid and bring people here to drink and get paid and all that fun stuff and i uh, parlayed that into uh, a a career, I guess, at that time as a promoter and DJ. Awesome. Yeah. So sort of. Name of the bar, anything like that? I, know, I mean, right? I, I did everything from hole in the walls. I mean, obviously, when you're just getting started out, no yeah. one wants to give you a shot. But, you know. And this uh, was before social media. Way before. it was. Oh, uh, yeah. so that's actually how I trained myself to uh, become a graphic designer. I'd sit at Kinko's uh, mm-hmm. on the corner, the only Apple station they had at the time. And I would design flyers on like the uh, Astro, all the Astro bright uh, pink and green, and those were the flyers I'd put on all your cars that you hated me for. Well, you know, probably. I mean, you know, we talk about branding. This mm-hmm. podcast about branding, entrepreneurship. Yep. Steve, Steve's Mr. LinkedIn, right? So he's like, hey, let me show you, hey, the LinkedIn guy. Yep. Y- you were doing LinkedIn before there was an internet, right. before there was social media. Yep. But but so did I. I was in college doing the same thing. And you talk about branding. You were talking about Kinkos and the Astro, whatever. The band Poison is synonymous with that chartreuse neon green, right? It's a little darker of a neon green than a chartreuse. But that's Poison. You see that color, you know. You know it. That's yeah. Brett Michaels, C.C. DeVille. That's that unskinny bop. That's Every Rose Has Its Thorn. The reason they used that color was because that was the cheapest paper at Kinko's. So when they went to print as many flyers as possible, wow. that they were playing Thursday night at the Whiskey A Go-Go yep. or at the Roxy, that, that paper was, you know, four sheets for a penny. So we'll use that ugly-ass color, which became their signature brand yep. and you know the story i do and i'm disappointed that you do now i'm mad yeah. i was trying to teach you steve learned something i learned something every time uh, there you have he it. has more information that means nothing yeah, that was that's good though that's, that's, a, very, that's, solid. A, that's a valuable lesson right yeah. there because that it's 30 some years later but, and but, that color means them but why their, their why was hey not let's not stand out we can just print more flyers because yep. we don't have enough money to use you know black paper white paper well, you're bootstrapping your business right there. So, yeah. which you know, all it, you know, when you look about, look at social media, it all started somehow yeah. socializing a message. That's really all it was. Mm-hmm. You read Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point. Mm-hmm. It is exactly what social media is without technology. Yep. Then you add technology to it. So, when, when did that come out? It's a tipping I, point. I think that Probably twelve years, thirteen years uh, ago. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. about yeah. that. It's I've read it obviously, but it's just hearing you say that and going, "Wow, that was before Facebook." It was before, <laughs> and so if you read it again yeah. now, it's mind blowing yeah. because he laid out all of the tracks without. This is what happened. This is how things go viral. This is and and it the, idea viral. And, Correct. Correct. the idea of viral. The idea of viral happened, and, and viral literally meant sickness. Literally meant virus. It was a negative thing. Didn't right. didn't mean epidemic. Internet digital right. viral as we perceive it now. Like zombie movie viral. Like, right. like exactly. It, it meant literally. You know the black plague. Mm-hmm. It meant lit- viral in the sense of oh oh it's catching on. Everyone's got it now. But you bring up a point on Gladwell. The first chapter of that book is about uh, the influential kids in Brooklyn making hush puppies cool Hush again. puppies were Making cool hush puppies cool. Exactly right. And I mean, I'm talking about the shoes. So Vaughn really one of the early influencers, if you will, 
of that region's nightlife scene. So it's influencer before verification and social media. That's so interesting because that's what I think you need to do to be successful in any business, let alone restaurant business, which is all people. And if you can't get that message to get out there, and and it's interesting because your restaurant has that. There were people from here who were going to Boca all the time Mm -hmm. to the restaurant in Boca because it's cool. Kapow. Yeah. All all of the branding is spectacular. I told you that before. I love it. It's so much fun. And, you know, just the way you serve the food and the whole, you know, temperament of the place. Well, it should be an experience, right? It is an experience. You can't take uh, Toys R Us, you know, didn't go under because Amazon sold toys cheaper. They forgot about the experience. 100%. So so you create an experience. It has to be different than... uh, Uber Eats, delivery dudes, cook at home, whatever that might and, be. And there's so many touch points in a restaurant specifically. That business, like from the time you walk in that door to the time you go to the bathroom, if you're not considering the soap that you're putting in the bathrooms and the, the hostess and her uniform and the, what the host stand looks like, uh, you're kind of missing out. You'd be surprised how many restaurant owners don't like being restaurant owners. Yeah, which bl- which probably more detail than they thought they'd get into. Yeah. But um, they just I'm, want to do sports bars with really good food. Yeah, well, everybody, want, everybody wants to I go, be well, cheers. He goes, I'm I mean, going to have a lot of TVs, <laughs> and we're going to have really good food. I go, can you uh, can you narrow that down and be a little more specific? Yeah, you know, like really good food and lots of TVs. Okay, okay. so one of the things I really good. like about the restaurant, and I'm curious yeah. to ask this question, is that when we go there, it's very communal. Yes. You know, we're ordering food that everybody's sort of involved in. Mm-hmm. It's not your meal, your meal, my meal drink and let's go yep. it's like hey what are we going to order together and that you know for me the duck rice the duck fried rice is off the chain but that becomes something that we all share yep and how weird was that 10 years ago like sitting next to someone that you, you didn't know it. yeah it's like, it's like that, uber right? like getting in a stranger's car 10 years ago <laughs> right, is absolutely right. a foreign concept well, we were told don't talk to strangers yeah, and right. then never get in a stranger's car right. and don't meet people on the internet yep. and now use the internet to get in a stranger's car so yeah, i mean we sit down at a table there and have people sitting right, right next, next to you. us yep. which you know, in the in the day, was really uncomfortable. Get out of here! I got some. Well, you know, if you can break that, you know, line of okay, hey, we're all demarcation, yeah. and and that's my intent beyond using your space. That's beyond getting more seats into a joint. That's because you're creating, I guess, an experience that's different by design, right? That's intentional. One hundred percent, yeah. And it's also identifying it, like obviously, like as we we change as people, and like you know, we we evolve. Um, where, thing, where things are acceptable. And I think that's the one thing I, I believe we do well is we're always on top of trends. And mm-hmm. we certainly weren't the first people to do communal tables, but mm-hmm. we're definitely, we saw that as a, an acceptable thing, like Uber and like uh, calling strangers on your computer. Right. Um, it was okay to sit, ne- sit next to strangers and share that dining experience because at the end of the day, it is a very like uh, communal experience. It's Breaking a, bread. Is having the, fun, the exactly. Ultimate, ultimate um, but you see, it, you see it in urban areas. You yes. see it down in lower Manhattan out of necessity. There's Correct. a Chipotle down by the World it's Trade. one big table. But it's needed to be. Yep. In your instance, you don't need to. You're just saying, hey, let's do this because it is a different kind of experience. 100%. My partner, Rodney, he uh, kind of leads the design piece of a lot of the restaurants. Oh, and uh, he's, it's definitely something he takes in consideration. It's, it's by design. So we create different environments within the restaurant. So whether you want to come sit down and break bread or you just want to be left alone for a business meeting or break up with your, your husband or wife, <laughs> we've got that area for you as well. It's the bathroom. Um, but yeah. So, well, yeah. what's interesting is that having sat in different places – there are no matter where you sit, you're sort of in your own little world. Yes. Which uh, the sound of how you guys made that happen is really difficult because you can really feel like you're sitting with just the four people you're with, and but you're in the mix of. We're, we're talking very inside baseball, so we should probably take a second to explain that Steve, we're we're discussing Kapow, the mm-hmm. restaurant on Clematis Street in West Palm Beach that's been open now uh, two, two years. Yeah, two we're years. celebrating our two year anniversary in about two weeks. Correct. Oh, really? Yep. 
<laughs> and we're loaded up to go. You guys, you guys, we've got the VIP uh, cards we're right ready, there. Baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shamelessly, I said, uh, bring some gift cards or something like that <laughs> for today's. But uh, no, we're talking about this particular space. People, these things don't happen by accident. It's not like, oh, the table and we're just in, oh, we're pressed for space. You're creating by design intentionally experiences that make people not order in or cook at home, but rather go there. And if it's social like that, they may feel self-conscious. I'm with one person to it. But now they can go there and actually legitimately socialize and feel comfortable to make new, if you will, friends. Absolutely. And it happens all the time. You know, it's, I, you sit at the bar. That's where it started. You're right. Many, many moons before my so time. Steve sits. Yep. That's where I sit. Uh, I used to never go to the bar by myself, but now I actually go there because I do want to be by myself, but I want to be at the bar in the event I do want to socialize. That's the place to do it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, we teach salespeople, you know, relating it back to why we're even here, you've created an experience there, which a lot of restaurants miss, is that I could, I like to sit at the bar. I recommend salespeople sit at the bar because that's where activity happens. That's where you meet people. That's where you, you know, I I can point to many, many relationships I've developed from somebody I've met at the bar, had some BS, followed up with them, and, you know, good things happened. You've already gotten past that point, though. If if you walked up to somebody sitting at a table in a restaurant, that'd be Mm kind of awkward. But the bar, the expectation is already that you're going to, Possibly encounter someone else. We're going to have a conversation. Which is why I don't see anybody. And they're probably drinking. See, Steve Steve does because networking, one letter away from not working. And as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? Michelle's that way, too. We we enjoy. She's always selling houses. The camaraderie and, you you know, even if it's just talking to the bartender, there's something to that experience that but we you, like. But you guys are, you know, again, in line with this book and this podcast, you guys are using that as an opportunity to meet new people, to see how they may fit into the big puzzle of whom it is you know, whom you could connect to, whom they could mutually benefit from. Yep. I don't sit at the bar to eat because I don't want to get stuck talking to someone I don't feel like talking to. I get a table for one and they look at me weird. I have zero social concern about eating by myself. Never have. Yep. From really? age 12 when I started, never once did it cross my mind. This is strange for me to have dinner by myself at a table for one. No issue whatsoever i could do that all day long Zero. But, but i can't go to the movies by I myself. Can't go to the movies by myself <laughs> i would never go to the mo- i was I just gonna say i could not go to the movies by myself yeah. isn't that weird it's crazy so so you you kind of segue right into a perfect point though i think this opens up the the next piece of any business really which is creating that culture um and hiring correctly to make sure that person on the other side of this equation which is the server the bartender whoever mm-hmm. can can make people feel comfortable wherever they're sitting so if you're going to sit at that one top by yourself you're going to have, you know, you're going to either be left alone or you're going to talk to that server. Right. And it's going to be cool. And they're going to pick up really quickly on what. what but that's part of the process because yeah. we talk about culture literally every week. It's the, the driving force between winning and losing. If, really, there's, if there's one takeaway from this podcast, it is where you work is as important as whom it is you work with or hire to work alongside with because you're only, the experience is only as good as the culture that is of the people who create it. Correct. Yeah, I think I'd spend more time hiring than any other thing I do in that business. I don't remember her name, but there's one bartender, a female that um, is fantastic and she's involved in tons of charities. You guys do a lot philanthropically yeah is that the right word yes. philanthropically yes, yes, absolutely uh, and she was very open about how excited she was that you know kapow got involved in all of these things yeah maybe so, it was maggie there's i mean they're dark here you know really you know really nice or alex yeah we, we've great. got a uh, again it, it's our dna yeah, they all great. get involved they're all behind it um and we do we get involved with anything we can especially in the local community it's more important than anything for us well it has to be part of that experience yep I mean, it's what you're up against now. There are literally four, five different 
national companies that market nationally to deliver food to you. Plus, cooking is now a big thing to do it at home and yep. shopping. The ease to do with which. But you're not going to have the margins. You're not going to have the average check on someone that orders a meal home as opposed to a small and then something to share and then a dish and another dish and a cocktail and a cocktail and a dessert. Those add up. Nobody's going to go back on their app and say, okay, also now send dessert. Right? Right. So you want to get them in the door. As much as you're happy to have food delivered out to them, you'd much rather have them in the door. Some people do do that, but it upsets the Uber driver quite a bit. I I bet it would if they said, all right, just go back and get me a piece of carrot cake. So So you bring up a good point. So this was sort of, this is all new to us, you know? So these are different channels of sales for us that we're looking to kind of, at first, we're like, ah, we don't want to, we don't want to be a delivery company. But now it's, if you want to, if you really want to, you know, connect with your customers, like when you go home, if, if you love Kapow, here, why wouldn't you love it when you went home? Right, How great right. would it be to get out? If you make it right, if you you make people yeah. feel good about eating it at home. I mean, one of the things we do in sales teams is teach them. It's not really what you sell; it's how you sell it. What what do people feel like doing business with you? Doesn't matter what commodity you're buying. Right. If people don't feel good about themselves doing it, yep. the experience of buying it and enjoying it, um, and sometimes the experience is even better than the actual meal or course or, you know, yeah. we, had, we had a conversation today about that so these a lot of these delivery companies provide a service that gives you feedback from the guests mm-hmm. it was an afterthought because we're like oh it's a delivery company who really cares and right. we were today we're like hold on a second like, market research that is as important if not more if important not more right um so you know we, we, we take that feedback really seriously we use it as tools a lot of people get really offended by it they get defensive by it i've had restaurant owners get like defensive when you tell them something's wrong and I'm like look i'm just giving you some feedback i would want someone to tell me uh, yeah, yeah so. when you want to know. Yeah. We're involved in, in a project in the hospitality space with hotels, and the, a bad Yelp rating on, or travel advisor rating mm-hmm. for a hotel could be the difference in you know millions of dollars. Sure, okay. true. So sure. this technology that we're, we're working with actually solicits real-time, um, you know, hey, I got a problem. I want to get it taken care of right mm-hmm. now. Because as soon as they leave the hotel and tell somebody else, right. you're dead. Yep. Yeah. And it's over. So, you know, I mean, that kind of thing. Marketing's great. Advertising's great. Digital marketing advertising's great. But the greatest form of marketing advertising will always be the referral of someone that yeah. you like and trust. So true. Someone that you like and trust. Because if I said, ooh, this new restaurant, and say, I said, well, Vaughn knows this is a joint. He said, I love that joint. Or, eh, the food's okay. I'm going to take your advice for it because you know and yeah. I trust you. That endorsement means more than some celebrity holding up skinny tea on Instagram. So, so I've and always, always been will. one of those guys who the food could be sort of good. Can't doesn't have to you know it's not bad. Bad mm-hmm. food is but if the food is good and the atmosphere and the experience is great, I love the place because that's why you're there. Versus a place that has food that's off the chart and it you you know it's I'm the sterile. same exactly. I, just, I want to be in a because place. you're a social. That's why right. you're there. That's why you sit me at the bar. You're a social. That's why you were the kid that started the fraternity. That's why you're the dude that got the party flyers, became that first nightclub uh, promoter, if you will, because you, you the experience and you can deal with the food's good enough. It's a pizza, slice of pizza at the end of the night. Yep. Some folks, um, you know, strictly if I well for the food, the meal, the foodie. T- well, then that's great. That's, that's not necessarily it's a different experience for you. Right. right. It's it's always the why. Why are we there in the first place? But I know this, you know, Kapow on Klamath Street, the first time I walked in, I said, oh, I get it. 
because there is four different distinct vibes. There's four different chapters, if you will. Yep. It's like four different four plans to a, a condo well, development. Well, outdoor is cool. Yep. I mean, which not a lot of places have outdoor. But they're different by design. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't be everything to everyone, and you can't, you know, one thing's not going to be what everyone is looking for. So, so are there going to be more kapows? Is that sort of in the... In Fun, the- funny that you say that. <laughs> We're actually, in the, this is actually kind of breaking news, if you will. We're actually looking at locations in Jupiter and, wow. and in Fort Lauderdale right now. Oh, nice. Tomorrow I'll be in Fort Lauderdale Great. scouting some spots Great. out. And, and Fort Lauderdale's hot. Yeah. I mean, so we, just, we, we're, we're, you know, we're running with this brand. We think it's got legs. Very and, nice. Um, we're excited. And, and, we're excited. And, and anything outside of Florida or? Not yet. You know, not okay. yet. We're, we're, you know, we've got a lot of friends. Uh, everyone's like, oh, you need to open up a Kapow in Newport, Rhode Island, where I'm from. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's probably <laughs> probably not a good idea. But well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to know. I love you for thinking of me, but you got to know what it is. Yeah. You have to I mean what people want their brand to be is different from how it's perceived and how it's perceived is what it is. Perception is reality, right? Developing a brand. We talk about that here all the time. Knowing what you are and what you're not mm-hmm. is as important as anything else. Well, we're not going to be in that space. You have to know. Kia sells a lot of cars. They sell more cars than Rolls-Royce does. But they know their brand. Yep. They have to know their brand. What, what's difficult, in, especially in the restaurant space, is that you, know, you have two that are up and working, and they're very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the experience is the same in both, because I've been in both. Yep. The minute you go into one that it's not the same experience, you can blow up the whole brand. Yep. I mean, so it's duplicating and scaling that brand, brand is... For sure. It is brutal. So what what else does Dugan Holdings do? So uh, uh, I've fallen into several things. So I had pizza. Oh, just fu- there's a trend yeah, here. There's I, had, a trend. I, I had Pizza Fusion for many years. So back, we met. back in uh, uh, 2006, I started Pizza Fusion. It was aligned with my lifestyle at the time, organic <laughs> living. You know, we were eating organic, and there really was nowhere to go. Like you either ate at Whole Foods or ate at home. You were a little uh, ahead of the curve. With the plant too far ahead, a lot yeah. ahead of the curve. Uh, we were doing gluten-free pizza. We made it ourselves. There was no one making those crusts back then. Wow, gluten-free before it was gluten-free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember going to the franchise on uh, in Sunrise. Yep, that it was, was the right second one. The curve. We were. Yep. right. Yeah. Yep. yep. So uh, we started that. Uh, things took off. I mean, it was through the roof. It was perfect timing. Uh, I'd like to say it was because of my business acumen, but it certainly was more timing than anything. <laughs> yeah, a little lucky. Um, Al, thanks to Al Gore and Leo DiCaprio for putting uh, Inconvenient Truth out. It was yeah. uh, right at the right time. I mean, everyone jumped on the whole saving the Could earth bandwagon, right and we were like, holy cow, we're right here. Like, here we are. Let's do this. Uh, we got backed by VC Group out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, with that backing came some gray hair. <laughs> that didn't necessarily align themselves with what we'd established, the culture, the brand, all that fun stuff. You know, we were kind of a, a real uh, passion, passion-based brand, so very socially driven, and then, mm-hmm. you know, went right down to skews and how many pizzas could you fit across the, the seat. And it's all important in the business, but, you know, we were, we were definitely a lifestyle brand at the time and way ahead of the curve. And uh, we opened up 50 restaurants in, in the time I was there, but I wow. decided it wasn't the place for me. It wasn't the environment for me. Does it still live? I, I, it does, I, but it's okay. not. There's no organization. Small, yeah, okay. there's uh, there's uh, it's probably six or seven restaurants that are flying the flag, but I don't know if any of them are still <laughs> part of the brand per se. Uh, they do have some some stores in Saudi Arabia. No kidding. Yeah, that was a big thing for us. We had eleven stores over there at one time, and I mean, you were way way ahead of the curve. I mean, now and I think back of it. You know, made you a lot of mistakes. I didn't even much. know what gluten meant. I mean, well, when I like, said you were ahead of the curve, you said too too much, yep. perhaps. What do yeah. you mean by that? Uh, well, you know, I, I think there's certain things where being ahead of the curve at, at some point is exciting. 
uh, you are definitely a trailblazer, but trailblazers are typically by themselves. They're out there mm. blazing the trail, and I was certainly, I'd look back and no one was behind me. It was like <laughs> us and Whole Foods. You know? <laughs> um, and and so, so interesting you said that. So one of the things, we, we started uh, talking to colleges, right? And there, there were petitions on colleges to get Pizza Fusion on campus. But what happened was the, the protest and the voice didn't really match their wallet. So when it came time to like, man, we don't really want to spend money on organic pizza, but we really want one here because we want to say that we have one here. Right. So, you know, they, 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 yeah. That happens a lot in the green movement. Yes. Like even in buildings. Yep. We want a green building. We want all this, you know, and then. We don't want to pay for you it. You talk about what it costs to do, and they go, can we just get the certification? Well, there's yeah. A, yeah. So we, were, we were actually one of the first lead restaurants lead, back in the day yeah. as well, so it was uh, exciting. There's a reason why things are the way they are. Buildings are the way they are, and it's because of the bottom line. Don't you think that if it was cheaper to be green, environmentally proficient, uh, it would be? Of course it is. It's expensive to eat good. I mean, no, no doubt. I mean, that's what Michelle has taught me. Yep. And she goes, listen, it is. Th- this is what it is. You yeah. want to eat but that right. Is, but that is, I often you know, summarize the American experience. America, the only nation in the world in which our rich people starve to death and our poor people die of obesity. Now think about that for yeah. a second. Yep. Poor people dying of obesity, but your wealthy people dying of starvation. Literally, bulimia, anorexia, eating disorders, you, you understand. Yeah, totally. But it's, that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, it, so in the development of that brand, there's lessons to be learned, which then led to the now development. You still do stuff in the green space, though, right? Uh, as much as I can. You know, I was on the Green Living Advisory Board with the, uh, with, uh, the city of Boca Raton for a, a while. It was kind of an advisory role only. Right. Um, and then, again, that was ahead of its time. The city thought, you know, they definitely wanted one there. The, 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 the residents wanted something there. But when it came down to executing all of this plan, it's expensive, and it's a, you know when you're dealing with the city and the government and, and big corporations, it's a turning a tanker around sometimes. So uh, at Pizza Fusion, I decided it was time for me to leave. Uh, as an entrepreneur, I wasn't gonna you can't put baby in the corner, and that's not the place for me. So oh I left. I walked across the street from my corporate office and went over to the Dubliner, where it was, you know Scott and Rodney, my partners, own that place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, guys, let's do this. You know, there's there's no two other guys I wanted to get into the business with. Those were the guys. I knew exactly nice. what I was doing. Uh, their whole, everything they did and do still do for their employees was like the reason that we're still partners today. The reason we became partners and it's, it's a great partnership. Awesome. 10 years later, you know, it's like, I I didn't know this before we were talking about this, that they actually have gardens that grow the herbs. Yeah. Right across the street from Kapow in Meisner park. We have three plots in the community garden. So when you're sipping on one of our cocktails, there's a good chance you're chewing on some basil from uh, my garden that my son and my wife are unreal. Curate, so. And on that note, you guys are going to believe this, but our time is up. Yeah, oh, that was super fit. That is, <laughs> that's a quick go around. Join us next week for part two. Vaughn <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Managing Director, Dugan Holdings Group. If you've not tried Kapow down in Boca or in West Palm Beach, uh, do that. It's just like it sounds. K-A-P-O-W, the exclamation mark, and the cartoon flash. Like you got punched by Batman. Kapow! And uh, see for the experience. Yeah, we'll so. post some information. We'll, Indeed, uh, we will. You know, awesome. Thank you, brother. Appreciate Thank you, you both, guys. Really it's great. Cool, Always man. fun. Really it was good. A fast thirty-one. Woo! Steve, it's time for you to tell the people something good. So, as we put a bow on this number seventy-four, why don't you do that and tell them something good? So here, I don't think it gets better than this. We have a stack of yeah. gift cards for Kapow. So I'm shouting out I'll to anybody who's listened to this. You want to come try a great restaurant, meet a great guy? Come on, it's on me. So wow. I got, uh, I got, uh, so I got a pocket full of money. Well, you got a couple because I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking them. I'm Kenny and I, Kenny, you're going to get in on that. Kenny, going to get in. Yeah, that, that works for me. Yeah, a little Friday night karaoke. Fried rice. Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds good. It's Friday night karaoke, right? Isn't it Friday night karaoke up there? 
in, in, in West Palm? Yep. Yeah. All right. And uh, Mark and his buddies are going to that, so it's going uh, to be fun. Our thanks again to uh, Vaughn Dugan for joining. Steve, uh, want to go, go, go for 75? 75. Let's do that. Wow. Steve Nutterberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long.